guys doing? It's Friday the X-Men brings us in. Welcome to the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat presented by Brothers Comics, where we walk through classic X-Men stories and link them to current continuity. Uh, tonight on the line, I have my two favorite mutants, uh, mutant number one, mutant X. It's Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, say what's happening. <laughs> hey, what's up? It's been so long, man. It has been a long time. Like, it's time. not an internet time. Like, we can splice this in like it just came out, but. Yeah, that's true. Post dated, something like that. And then on the other line, it's it's a uh, mutant Z. I don't know. It, it's the Sandman. Sandman, tell you what's happening. Kimichiwa, uh, fellow mutants. Uh, mutant S tonight. I, yeah, I think there I, you go. I will go by. Yes, that works <laughs> out perfectly. The last time that we all got together, we didn't talk about the X Men at all. We talk, well, actually, excuse me, we didn't talk about old X Men. We talked about new X Men with X Men Blue and X Men Gold. Uh, which have been coming out like frequently. They're not on that once a month status yet. They're on the I think every two weeks status initially. Uh, I got through. I want to say I'm through the first two issues, and I think they're actually already on the third. Have you kept up with X Men Blue or Gold? I kept up with uh, uh, Blue so far. I mean, it's interesting so far. We'll see what happens. Is the original team? Yeah. Okay. I think I'm one behind on each. I have them, but okay. I haven't read them yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I got through both of them, I and mean, it's fine. I'm trying to kind of carve out time to read uh, with my Game of Throning catching up. That's been a little bit more difficult to do. So um, uh, as we're getting closer to summer, that'll have to that'll work out for me. All right, but tonight we're not talking about new X-Men. We're talking about the old X-Men, and if we're going to skip through. If it's been a while. You have to go back through the anthology and see our... Uh, to where we left off, last left off, we were up into the mid and early 190s, and what we had, the reason that we had stopped was because a lot of those books were just flat-out awful, um, and we're not really going to change much of a turn, a, turn, a turn around the corner as we get through these two books tonight, but there was a story where they, they I think, I don't know if it was a limited series, where they were kidnapped by Loki into Asgard, um, yeah. do you remember any of that one? No, actually, I just pulled up the, uh, the, the, so it was a New Mutant special, and it was an uncanny annual, and I was trying right. to look at the New Mutant special, and it was like, it was about a thousand pages, and there was about <laughs> a thousand words on every page. It was yeah, horrible. I remember uh, that. Yeah. It was the standard, like, super, well, they did sneak in, like, in the beginning, there was, like, the standard supervillain can't believe how smoking hot storm is. Loki was talking about her dusky complexion and other things that are probably completely inappropriate. But I couldn't no find the, uh, the other one. Yeah, but kidding. yeah, it seemed to be like they tried to really make that a significant story. I think they were trying to push the annual because they tried to like, make it important to the, the follow-on stories. Yeah. We yeah. could do a whole podcast on how annuals are ganks, but we're not going to do that tonight. Uh, <laughs> the are. annual is the biggest gank of all time. Uh, the, but the stories yeah. are usually terrible. Yeah, it's, it's but that's, yeah. yeah, like you said, another time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there was that story, and then there was you know everybody was in it, and it looked like they were all like you know medieval. I think Spider Man, the Avengers were in it as well, and the X Men. Oh wait, like some... so you're, you're I think you're crossing the streams there. So hey now, there's. After the store, after the, so I got the I got the the covers up. So after the the forge and diary stuff, there was a story with Celine, which was a callback to a right. mutant story with Magma. 
Then there was the two-part cool and gas story, which is the medieval Spider-Man on a crucifix story. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, uh-huh. that's the one. Then that's there was one the Warlock story, Warlock and Angus. Then there's a uh, the Hellions with Warpath story. Then there's the Nimrod story where Rogue absorbs every power, and you have like the armored up Rogue that can teleport. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was different. Yeah. Then you have a power pack story. Then you have more uh, <laughs> Rachel stories. Right. Then you have uh, a Doctor Doom story that I think might have been like another arcade story or some bullshit. Oh, I think it was. It was like it was actually like uh, uh, Colossus and Shadow Cat. Uh, the, the more resolution like a team up relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have Life, Death 2, which is the Barry Windsor Smith storm in uh, uh, Africa, which I now realize that Shani and Mijnari were actually characters from the X-Men uh, that were the oh, characters the in that series. Okay. episode. There. Did he have oh, wow. Michael Jordan? Did he have the Michael no, Jordan jersey? No, actually, Mijnari <laughs> was the elder who had to go leave and die when the baby was no. born because mm-hmm. the Industrial Revolution had raped their lands. That was the plot. And then there's another Rachel story, and then we get to 200. And then, but okay. also in that time, we've had the Shadow Cat or Kitty Pride and Wolverine limited series. Yes. Because she's Shadow Cat. Right. Because now she's yeah. Shadow Cat, correct. And she's a lightweight ninja now as well, too. Yeah. So I made That's sure why I, she's a ninja. So yeah. I read that so the listeners don't have to. Uh, <laughs> and we'll it actually, it makes more sense to me now because I was always like, I thought she was a ninja. Why is it, why is she only a lightweight ninja now? Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. happened was <laughs> the guy, like he sort of like he gained the ability to sort of possess her. So when she was a yeah. straight up ninja, mm-hmm. she was really just channeling his powers because he was prepping her to take over her body and assume her powers. Yeah. And okay. so Wolverine had to lightweight train her so she could resist his power. So she only has, like, semi-ninja powers because she's only partially trained by Wolverine. So that's why she was a full-fledged ninja who could defeat Wolverine in the story, but afterwards <laughs> she's only half ninja. Yeah. Wow. Crazy I, as hell. Yeah. It I'm is. And, yeah, I'm and that. again, Kitty's push is... Uh, <laughs> it's still continuing, you know, I mean, to this day, really. But, I mean, it's fine. I don't want to dwell on Kitty too much. But, yes. Uh, but, again, you just recapped seven or eight issues of X-Men, almost, you know, over half a year of books. And besides probably the Nimrod story, which is what will continue a little bit later on or whatever, mm-hmm. the rest of it is junk. I, what was the dude that found the necklace and the fish? Yeah. And uh, oh, I mean, it was just right. nuts. I mean, it was well, just crazy. Part of the I remember problem was, I think he yeah, was, was writing New Mutants and he was writing Kitty Pride and Shadow, or Kitty Pride and Wolverine. I think he was just writing everything. And I think mm-hmm. X Men suffered for it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it, was, it was pinballing all over the place. Yeah. I remember those issues. It was crazy as F. So, yeah. yeah, and, and but but you know what, Brother Beavis, him writing those books, it, he wasn't he was still getting paid by the word because those <laughs> books are really <laughs> dense yeah. to read because I mean they are so freaking wordy with thought boxes and plot boxes and dialogue too. I'm just like golly, yeah. man. Yeah. But yeah, so it all leads up to X Men two hundred. Um, 
this issue, uh, I think this is still John Ramita uh, Jr. It is. It's still drawing this. Um, oh, it's unmistakable. Yep. Yep. It's Jr. It's 1985, by the way. We're really getting up there. Um, oh, I guess I did leave off a piece of the recap. So what brings us to this point is Freedom Force just formed and they captured Magneto. Right. Yeah. Yes, and well, he had most recently had been, <laughs> and he had most recently had been um, captured, air quotation, or, or rescued exactly. by Alex Forrester or whatever uh, when he was in the Atlantic Ocean, which was actually one of the last books that we had done, or in the ocean, you know, because he had escaped the, the Cyclops uh, honeymoon shark as well, and they had picked him up on his boat, and he had been kind of chilling with them over the course of his uh, uh, convalescence. So, yes. So the X-Men have been off in, in Asgard or whatever, doing whatever this little limited series is. Magneto has been captured and has been put on a world trial in Paris here uh, for his past war crimes. Um, primarily the sinking of the, of the Russian ship that happened way back in, at, around that time, I guess, when he was, uh, by himself yeah. when Cyclops and he met Lee Forrester, is that right? Mm -hmm. uh, was it yeah, that like, time that he sunk that yeah, ship? Like around around one one fifty, something like that. It's been one fifty, somewhere around. Yeah. there. I don't know the exact right. number, but that's a, that's a big um, that's a big uh, marking point in um, Magneto um, any dealings with him because they they bring that incident up in many issues, even in like the Jim Lee X Men. It comes it's a fact. It's a factor. Yeah, that does come back up in the early nineties. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, they they um, put that back in chat a lot. Yeah. yeah. So he's on trial. His his defense uh, team is made up of Charles Xavier, who's not a lawyer, um, Gabrielle <laughs> Holler, Holler, and uh, who is representing him at, as part of the defense. Um, Magneto has turned himself in willingly. He doesn't, um, you know, he's not going to fight this. He's willing to accept whatever punishment that he is going to receive by the world or whatnot. Um, and Brother Beavis and I were talking before we started recording. Uh, we want to recap that, Brother Beavis, was basically like, this issue is basically not a lot of go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I, I mean, I remember, like, the cover, and I was trying to read this, and it is like, it's not good. Yeah. It's, uh... Mm. It's long. There's a lot it's of long. issues to the story. The Fenris twins are not a strong villain, and then <laughs> there really is not a resolution of the trial. Mm. Well, well, really. well, yeah, there's no resolution, and it's a Scooby Doo ending, really. Or it's a dusty yeah. finish, <laughs> you know. It, it definitely is like, oh yeah, you know, well you did do all that shit, but man, whatever. You just saved it now. So it's cool. <laughs> I, mean, I guess it's basically like as I look at it now, it's like he did kind of come up against Cersei Lannister and uh, uh, Jamie Lannister, but, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious no. if that's where that came from? Huh? I'm so happy that I recognize Game of Thrones references now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the basis of the defense for Magneto here, I, I said this, we were going to talk about this in a second, the basis of his defense is really, um, uh, it's really the, oh, what's that, what's that song, oh yeah, it's the Shaggy defense from that song, it wasn't me, 
Just to recap Magneto's life, not that he took over like Cape Canaveral and threatened the, you know, anybody with missiles, not that anything he did. Oh, remember this story you never read because nobody read the first 60 <laughs> issues of X-Men? <laughs> it was like, uh, spoiler alert. Uh... <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's really just, and it's like completely kind of out of like nowhere. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, there was a big head baby that shrunk into yeah. a baby. And Both he's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the NBC star going by. The more you know. And they don't, they don't even have the decency to like refer to the issue in which this happened. Yeah. They don't like see X-Men 24 for the rest of the story. They don't have the decency yeah. to that. Ain't nobody putting their name on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to claim that. Yeah, can we you quote mean? that X-Men big head baby story? You ain't put money on that. You put money on that shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it really is, that is the, the, uh, the A plot of the story of issue 200. And again, we already spoiled what the, well, not the total ending of it, it is, but I mean, you know, spoiler alert, he's not going to get convicted. He's not going to die or anything. Uh, we'll get to the ending in a minute. That's the A plot. The B plot, or one of the B plots, is Professor Xavier is, once again, ill and sick and is about to get himself written out of this book again. Um, this time, now I can't, honestly, I can't even remember what illness or what his problem is at this point. He is so a he new body. body. He, was teaching, he, got, he was teaching, and he got jumped by anti-mutant people. And then he got taken into the Morlock tunnels, and they healed him. Um, but then he's been, like, trying to recover ever since. Okay. Um, but this is his new body that he got. It know? is, but um, he got his ass beat. Yeah, he got <laughs> murdered. <laughs> uh, and I guess that's killing him somehow. I don't well, understand that. Well, evil but. strength. He must have, I mean, he's the most powerful <laughs> mutant in the world, man. Oh, um, God. I wonder. Where, where is... Where is Dr. Nightcrawler, man? He came to tech, internal feeding, um, he ain't take that class yet. I mean, come on, man. I mean, really. Where's more of target? They got all the technology of the Shi'ar in the world in that freaking place. They can't figure out what's wrong with him. Um, so, yeah, he's I think that what they, they would have. like us to believe is that there are ways to save him, but he just can't stop being Professor's age long enough to do it because he's got to mm. live up to his dream. That's that's what we're, I think we're supposed to believe. Noted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's our B plot. He's struggling. Uh, the other C plot or whatever is the villain for this issue, which we talked about is the before we started recording, is the Fenris twins. They are the children of, what is it, Baron Von Strucker? Baron Von, not Strucker. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, is it Baron Von Strucker? Yep. Uh, yeah, okay. okay, these are Strucker's kids. Yeah, and they suck. And they, 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 it's not really... The Wonder Twins. Yeah. Yeah, it's really not plotted out as to why they're trying to get revenge. I'm sure it comes up later because they do get to escape this thing. Um, oh, uh, no, at they, the end. They, they explain it. They, they do? Um, yeah, because the origin of Magneto is... Uh, Magneto and Xavier were taking care of Gabrielle Haller. Who was in a coma, and she was in a coma because she had been threatened by Hydra. And when she came out of her uh, her coma, she got re-kidnapped by the Von Strucker-led Hydra. And okay. so they hold 
Magneto and Xavier uh, responsible for how they filed a... So when they're like, oh, look, it's perfect, they're all three of them there. That's why. Okay. Good. Yeah. Thank you, Brother Beavis. Yeah, because I didn't catch that. Um, when the X-Men do finally make their way to France, they're coming back from their Asgardian vacation. Um, they are trying to figure out what everything that is going on. Uh, everybody's in their sort of new uniforms. They kind of premiered them like kind of piecemeal over the course of the book here. They come back with the new mutants as well. Um, uh, whatever Doug Ray or whatever his name is, they kill him soon, Ramsey. right? Yep. Uh, Doug Ramsey. Yeah, not long after yeah. this. It ain't soon enough. He sucked. <laughs> um, and they, they, you know, they have they make this decision that they're going to go and find out where the professor is. And then while they're doing that, all this violence is happening around Paris about uh, Magneto's trial. And Brother Beavis brought this up too. Is like, you know, really this book is just about <laughs> talking about not having Big Hutch on here. It's really about a lot of like anti-Jew stuff here. Like, I mean, you know, it's like it's a lot of anti-Jew stuff. And it's kind of, you know, you know, uh, it's not funny, but Brother Beavis, you made the analogy, you know, the analogy was like, it's really not anti-mutants aren't really black people in this book. They're really using it to, to describe Jewish people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, you know, in modern days, we're, we're supposed, and this is all over X-Men Gold. I mean, they would like us to believe that um, the X-Men and mutants are an allegory for racism in America. And mm-hmm. so at this time in the publication, it's more like uh, mutants were an analogy for the Jewish Holocaust. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, so you see the Days of Future Past is about basically mm-hmm. having concentration camps and killing mutants just because they're mutants. I think, you know, when they actually, if you fast forward to, like, um, Genosha is, like, mm-hmm. really the first time, but even that's more like more like apartheid, more like South Africa, where you've got right. this state that's where you've got the different classes and you've got the exploitation of, of the mutant class. So, right. you know, at, at this time, they're really not, they're really not projecting a lot of, mutants and racism on, you know, the things that, uh, you know, we associate with racism against African-Americans. Right. And the funny thing is, a lot of that, oh, well, Professor Xavier is Martin Luther King, Magneto is is, um, Mm -hmm. Malcolm X or whatever. That shit didn't come out way until, like, the 90s. You know, maybe it was post-Malcolm X, the movie or whatever, where people were trying to make (laughs) this this stretch between the two of them or whatever. But it's not... It's certainly not the case here. And, you know, from reading X-Men Blue and Gold, you start to see it a little bit sooner. Yeah. Like, I'm waiting for one of them to put a hashtag, you know, Mutant Lives Matter, and then I'll stop reading comics forever. And because, uh-huh. I mean, it's just kind of, I mean, you know, it just seems like that's something that it would happen and what they would do. And I, 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 I kind of get the sense that whoever was writing this book saw much more of that analogy from what Brother Beavis was talking about than the analogy for, like, the struggles for civil rights or whatever for African Americans. Well, maybe but, when you know, Stan Lee wrote the book, maybe. But I mean, you not know, in the continuous It's moment. like, this is, you know, this is dangerous ground, right, for, for particularly me. I'm neither black nor Jewish and, and not the person to comment on this. But I think, you know, there were a lot of Jewish creators associated with comic books. So this was a way to right. have a voice to address this. Mm-hmm. And so... Right. I'm I'm more comfortable with that than to have the story of, of racism against blacks grafted on by people who are trying to sympathize and tell a story. You know, like I mean, if 
if it's one thing to say, you know, we're going to tell the story because this is a medium and this is, you know, something, this is part of our story and part of something we own, this is to say, mm-hmm. I'd like to tell a story about that, you know, so I think mm-hmm. that's probably why it takes this form is because more of the creators were Jewish and there weren't black people involved in the, you know, creation of comics at this point. Right. Significantly, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, that's, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to make a dick or a fart joke here soon because it's kind of, the commentary is getting too too deep. You could take it to a point, too. I mean, if you look at, like, shit, you can look at Superman, you know, created mm-hmm. by a Jewish person. Right. And, you know, the analogy, analogy of Jesus, who was a Jew. Like, I mean, you could take this all the way down if you really, really wanted to. But we're not that podcast. We're going to make dick and fart jokes. So, um... <laughs> The 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 course of this trial or whatever is it starts to wind down. Of course, something's happening. All this hate is going on, and the the X Men are getting blamed for it. Cyclops and Xavier have this you know heated not heated this heated conversation though about you know Magneto is here. He's we're helping him out. Cyclops is like I don't really want to help somebody that's tried to kill me a bunch of times. He's like well this is what we're doing right now. And Cyclops in his in his nature will always kowtow to, you know, what Xavier wants. Not always, but majority of the time, which is going to become even more prominent here when uh, when he has his baby here in 201. Yeah. Um, so that's one of, because, well, I'll talk about it when we get there. But, yeah, so there's that. Can um, we talk about Colossus's uniform? Sure. Yeah, Can we yeah. talk about the fact that it blur- it gets on fire and then it comes back all Oh, time? yeah, except for his draw. <laughs> He's got fire for his draw. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, yeah. he, went, he went from a pretty bizarre, but I guess pretty reasonable costume. Now he's got something that somehow is more of a onesie. It has <laughs> like a bondage collar on it. <laughs> he has a stripper boots on yeah. and his musketeer gloves on. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a terrible, terrible costume. Yeah. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad. And I said, I mean, before we start recording too, it was like some. I put it on Twitter what we were going to be talking about tonight. Somebody like hit us up. I was like, Magneto should have been arrested for wearing that costume with the big M. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something about that too. All yeah, it's bad. He's got these yeah. bondage gloves on. Uh, it, it is. It is. Even for I like how they don't they don't it. change Nightcrawler's look. Uh, they're like, uh, it's pretty good. They don't change Wolverine. I kind of, you know, I'm all right with Rogue. She'll, she, yeah, she yeah. has a little she tunic, and then they either they oscillate between like sort of the the strappy belt versus the leather <laughs> leather belt. You know, Storm's mm-hmm. got the great costume. Shadowcat is at least not changing costumes anymore. Costume kind yeah, of frequently. She's at least got one yeah. costume. So Main, mainly, wow. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, and I mentioned that a little earlier. Um, it's, the designs are very mid '80s, you know. Mm-hmm. The you know, the finally, yeah. she's not wearing her her leg warmers, but it's not that she hasn't in the past. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, exactly. well, somebody is wearing leg warmers. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's Rachel. Yeah, and Rachel is fucking Rachel's got a flash dance outfit. She's wearing yeah. Yeah. A flash dance outfit with suspenders and leg warmers. Well, yeah, straight up jazz dance. <laughs> And we're gonna get to we're gonna get to the androgyny is she you know uh, lesbian ishness of freaking uh, Rachel Summers when we get to um, issue two hundred one because I have a little note about her clothing choices and man I was like I think they're oh. telling us something 
Yeah. I, well, um, I think <laughs> she was married to Franklin Richard. And, you know, if you have sex the with future, a reality-warping yeah. mutant, you probably can't fuck with anybody after that, is what I would argue. Yeah, that's a really good point. Damn. I'm assuming that there was some world rocking, and after that, it's like, he's done. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga blew my mind. Like, literally. <laughs> Your toes curled up. You ain't no fucking Richard. Fuck you. can't call the Avengers of the Fantastic Four because they're like, fuck y'all niggas, man. We ain't helping y'all for shit. I, mean, like, <laughs> like, I swear, yeah, their licensing to get them in the book is too expensive, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they make that call, nah, we ain't accepting. You, <laughs> we got a collect call from the X-Men. Would you like to accept it? Hello? Yeah, they, they ain't accepting <laughs> you charges, man. This is terrible. We're going um, through a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can answer this for me too. Do you think that these books 
some of these books suffer because he's juggling so many characters. Uh, yeah. Sandman, you can go first. <laughs> Do you think it suffers a little? Because, I mean, if you think about all the characters that are in, just, like, I mean, this issue is a double size or whatever, $1.25, by the way. Mm-hmm. But when you read in some of the other books, there's so many freaking characters in the book that he's trying to carry dialogues and stories for. Do you think the book suffered for that? Sandman? I think, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's difficult anyway in, in, in an ensemble uh, book like the Avengers, X-Men, whatever, uh, to pull off a cohesive plot with all these characters enough and, you know, and juggling whatever the main characters were, you know, because when X-Men has so many main characters, it's silly. And plus, at, at this time, of course, they have the New Mutants also, which corroborates, just makes it even more uh, difficult and confuses mm-hmm. plot lines even more at this time. I mean, there's there so many freaking X-Men uh, right now. Uh, at this time, so yeah, the short answer before I start going on and on. Yeah, it's Brother, it, it just confuses everything. Go ahead. Brother Beavis. I think it, it kind of suffers, particularly for Rachel, because her story is told over a combination of books. Like, she's mm-hmm. yeah, so her story is told in New Mutants and X-Men, and then on to Excalibur. Like, you have to have, like, really followed her in particular. I think in the core books, they do, I mean, it's really about Cyclops and Storm, it, they haven't really even started Jock and Wolverine yet. Most of his story has been in, in the limited series. Um, yeah. Like Nightcrawler never does anything. Colossus never yeah. really does anything. I mean, they, they, yeah. there's a bunch of background characters. But I think it was just, I really do think it was all the books going on and, and trying to spread, like, Professor Xavier and Magneto's story and Rachel's story across all different books. It's, it's hard to follow, and then it's hard to care about those characters. Yeah. You could also tell that they you could tell that they didn't know what to do with Rachel either. I mean, they just kind of eventually. I'm uh, not too many books from now. They just pretty much just banish her <laughs> until yeah. she just uh, shows up in Excalibur suddenly, and you know, they didn't know what the hell they were doing with her. And she's but not on better also, footing now than she is then. Like in in X Men Gold, she's not on better footing now than she was back then. Yeah, they keep they changed her name again, and because she's completely different. Yeah, yeah. they still don't. And it, well, and it becomes a thing where it's like, well, we want to do something about Phoenix, so let's bring a Phoenix, essentially, from the future, and then you stick yeah. her there, and then you find out that nobody cares about, and it's not that nobody cares about Phoenix, they only cared about Phoenix if it was Jean Grey, who, within right. about uh, two or three, not even that long, I think, in about a year and a half from now, is going to be back in the books, wearing, and back in Exel, or um, mm-hmm. X-Factor. So, X-Factor. I mean, and then now you got her... The, uh, her, Rachel, Madeline and Fire. the freaking clone, right, which we're going mm-hmm. to get to now, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, another by the way, yeah, which is another yeah. mess, oh, yeah, I, <sighs> they're going to be a lot yeah. of drinking when I start reading them books again, oh, <laughs> um, so anyway, but speaking of Madeline Pryor, she shows up here too, she's super duper pregnant, uh, about ready to drop this kid. Uh, her concern is, is that Cyclops has been um, back from Asgard for a while. Everybody's been calling. Hey, like, hey, you all right? How's the baby or whatever? And Cyclops, <laughs> Cyclops got the Avengers phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's not calling at all to check on his wife or his baby. And we'll we'll deal with a little bit of that in 201. But, um, yeah, but as suddenly out of nowhere, uh, her baby daddy's, father shows up and Lalandra Empress of the Shi'ar 
and they're looking for Charles. She has felt Charles's pain and illness in her, their psychotic rapport or whatever they have with one another. And so they show up to her crib looking for, hey, you seen Charles? No. All right. Bye. And uh, so they leave her alone, too. <laughs> 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 like we know you about to have a baby and you ain't heard from your husband and all you all alone and shit. We can take you to space, but fuck that. You know. Uh, yeah. we're coming like here you. specifically with our advanced medical technologies. But not for you. <laughs> <laughs> not for you. Yeah. Chode don't like kids. So You have Obama on that shit. So we can Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is the true universal health care. <laughs> universe, girl. You can see any doctor. He's on uh, <laughs> Nile <laughs> 3. Yeah, <laughs> you got to get out there. You can get there, it's free. Yeah, it's on one of the rings of Niobe. Um, So, yeah. So, she goes into having contractions, and the baby is about to be born. Uh, it's very sad that she's by herself. Uh, Binary is also still with the with the Star Jammers. I'm really curious as to when she breaks camp from them and like, does her own thing. Uh, it will probably be a book that we skip or it will happen someplace else, but... Um, yeah, that's, and then there's a story about like, you know, what they're, what, whatever the star jammers are doing, if those two get teleported back to earth, they might not be able to get them back onto the ship or something. I, I didn't really get all of that. Did you get any of that brother Beavis? I think they were getting attacked or something. And yeah. Teleport. I don't yeah. It was just filler. Um, yeah. So yeah, but that was it. The the conclusion of the book is basically the end of Magneto's trial, and he gets to get off from this and a fight with the Fenris twins, which really really isn't worth spending any real time on. It, it's a standard yeah. comic book fight. Um, they are the Wonder Twins. They can't do anything without their powers. The X Men shouldn't be yeah. struggling at all to beat these people. I mean, really. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, I mean, honestly, this should be a Saturday, you know, morning squash match with a jobber. And they let them get in a couple of shots, but they really just crushed them. But as a part of that, Xavier has to kind of do a, a, a hot tag to save Magneto from being hurt. <laughs> and, um, you know, and so Xavier has this little moment on the lawn where he, you know, he's about to, he feels like he's, a, he's dying. Um, and he basically says, you know, I need you to lead the school. Now I remember, and, you know, Magneto's like, oh, you know, I'm not worthy to be, you know, the carry you know, the hammer of Thor. He's like, no, you are with the, you know, we've gone through this whole time. I mean, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're friends, and I, the only person I can trust to you is you. And so Magneto's going to wind up leading the, uh, being the headmaster at the school. Um, did I miss anything? No, basically, yes, no. You missed yeah, nothing okay. important, let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, you said it at the start. I mean, not a whole lot happens, right, bro? It's, yeah, it's a long double issue for what should talking. be a significant event. A lot of dialogue. Right. Uh, and really just kind of peters out. And it's yeah. just a sort of classic, we, we needed to write Xavier out again, so here you go. Mm-hmm. And, then, and yeah. there's a good question as to why is that they decided to move him on again. Uh, it's just because, like, he ruins stories. He's got a power too, set that makes it hard to tell stories. Exactly, he's too powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> poor Charles. Um, I mean, you feel bad, but you don't. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, he's gone. Xavier is the now the new headmaster of the school. 
uh, there's a conversation to probably be had about how really they were hard trying to press the new mutants into this and for having you to care about them. But there's also a conversation to be had as we tie the past to the future about how they're trying to push the new mutants on a movie for us and um, the new mutants suck. And putting them in a movie is not going to make them not suck. <laughs> it's going to magnify <laughs> it on a 50-foot screen how much yeah. they suck. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've already said that Professor Xavier will not be in that movie, too. I the, did see that this yeah, week. The younger Xavier, by the way, not Patrick yeah. Stewart. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, which is he's essential to the story, pretty much. So I, I don't know. It's, it's Fox. Yeah. They're going to fuck it up. So. <laughs> noted all right so that is issue 200 a, a grand issue of absolute nothingness and then we get into issue 201 now this is again if you've been listening to this podcast any length of time uh you know that uh cyclops is a huge uh brother beavis is a big fan of cyclops uh and this is not one of his uh better moments um this issue <laughs> is when um cyclops or excuse me, um, Cyclops and Storm are going to battle for the X for whose leadership leader of the X Men. Now, in this interim time, I believe Nightcrawler was the leader of the X Men. Is that correct? Sort of. Really? Yeah, really? sort of. Like he was. Yeah, he he is. When Storm decides that you know, when we kind of we skipped over that issues after the stuff I think, with uh, actually, I think that it must have been when they went into the annual that Storm really rejoins the team because one ninety nine she was in Africa with right. Shani and Mitsunari. And she actually did encounter, that was the setup. She encountered the Fenris twins, and they Mm -hmm. committed a hate crime on her. And she Mm -hmm. got left, like, in the middle of Africa, like, semi-conscious, and wandered and found Shani and hooked up with this tribe. Yeah. So (laughs) so I think they sort of, they had to get the annual to really bring her back in the story. Okay. Yeah, so she's gone, though, for a good piece where she's not, in she was trying to get away. She was trying to leave. Like, right when we stopped reading, she was trying to leave. But in the cool and gas story, the ship she was on gets converted to, like, some pirate ship, and she gets drawn back into it. Yeah. And so it's, like, yeah, a couple right. more issues after that before she actually does get to leave, and she goes back to Africa, but then she gets hate-crimed, and then she has a, and then she has her story. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Well, th- now that she's back... And, then, and again, I, I, did, I didn't. I skimmed this, and I, I kind of skipped over a lot of the plot boxes. I'm sure there was a moment where Nightcrawler says to the effect of, "Yeah, I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to be." Not really. No, not really. Not that I. Well, he is the de facto leader of the team, and I. Re- or maybe he comes as the leader of the team at a little at a later point because I remember no, he was so wrecked. There was self There was a couple of issues where they were like where he was the leader, and he, all he did was like talk about how bad he was at it. And yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yes, he was constantly doubting himself. It was not a good look for Nightcrawler, and so now that Cyclops is back, he comes back into the fold himself from after the wedding, after hanging out on the Star Jammer ship with his dad. And once he comes back, he kind of gets pulled back into it too. And even though Rachel would rather he not, he doesn't know any other life than this and he gets pulled back into the X-Men stuff. Storm gets pulled back in, and so now we have two, possibly three leaders if Nightcrawler is kind of like, I don't want to do this. And so now they're trying to figure out who's going to lead the team on the field, especially because now, even though Xavier is gone, um, 
Magneto is really kind of focused most of his, his efforts and time on the New Mutants. And so issue 201, which is called The Battle Duel. The Duel. Duel. Yeah. The Duel. Just the, duel. Yeah, yeah, the Duel between the two. We have a guest. Uh, the guest penciler is Rick uh, Leonardi, but the guest inker is Will Spataccio, who is yep. going to come very important in about seven or eight years from now um, mm-hmm. when this book was done. Um, and the book opens up with the ba- with the birth of who we will learn to call uh, a Cable. Cable, uh, yes. <laughs> confusing as hell. Yeah, well, you know what, though? Your freaking whatever that book is in your pantheon of long boxes is actually worth a little bit of money. So, <laughs> you know, there's yeah, that. Yeah, Somebody so first appearance. Is enough of, yeah. yeah, first appearance of Cable as a baby. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> it, it, yes, and that's that. And again, if you look at the even on that first opening, like splash page, <laughs> there are not splash page. You see, Cyclops it really <laughs> has the look of straight uh, up dick looking. Well, I mean, if that, it, oh, that or that shit ain't mine. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's just say he looks none too pleased. Yeah. yeah. Can I can that I point out something else? Why does Storm look like Diana from the the VTO television series? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this. Uh, I'm not trying to talk about this, but this artwork is not the best in the world. No, issue. Well, I, I think mean, you can. Yeah, it's not. We make it fun of people. Um, why grow <laughs> cross-eyed as fuck? Yeah. Let me I don't say, say that. No, nobody's <laughs> eyes are really well aligned. Cyclops is the only one that doesn't have cross-eyed, and that's only because he has one eye. Because he got yeah. his <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cyclops looks like he's headed to call 1-800-MORI to see yeah. if he can get a DNA test. Cyclops. You are the father. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he gotcha. really is unpleased, and he's not even trying to hide it. And as you go through the book, he's basically like, you know, why can't I share this great moment with Xavier, my real father, even though your real father is actually there, nor is available <laughs> to be there. He's just, like, he can't, like, he can't get over it. I mean, and again, I mean, I mean, we're, I mean, again, we're taking it to a sort of serious territory here, whatever. I'm a father. Brother Beavis is a father. There is a moment. When, as the father, because the mom is getting and the baby is getting so much attention, you really do feel like, well, what the fuck am I doing here? You know, I mean, you, there is a moment of that. I mean, it, you could dwell in that moment. I think some men do dwell in it, and they just, like, kind of detach themselves from the moment. But, I mean, there is a moment. Now, Cyclops' moment is going to last a very long time here. But, like, in that sense, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that's what it is. But it doesn't seem like that's what it is. It just seems like he's like, well, you know, how's this going to, this baby's going to change my life and not in a way where well, I'm going to be able to steal. I think the story him. they're trying to tell is, like, the loss of Xavier is, like, a real problem for him. But I think, right. you yeah. know, I think a lot of, when we, we saw Cyclops go completely off the rails, culminating in his death in X-Men mm. versus Unimans or whatever. And I think uh, I think a lot of those stories sort of trace back to this point. And I think there's a couple factors. One is, you know, Cyclops has, you know, he's, you know, having just been rejected throughout his life, like he almost self-sabotages whatever relationships he has. And so he gets to this point, like he can't see himself 
in any sort of family or relationship, and I think he self-sabotages. The other part, and I think that's really the story they try and tell in this story, is like he's so caught up in the loss of Xavier, which in the irony is like he's so concerned with the loss of his father figure that he is a terrible father in himself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's, I think they're really trying to play up. That's what's going on more than anything. That's compounding like any other conflict he has. And that sets him on a path. And this is really the path that ends up with him dying from the terror genesis. Right. Yeah. I mean, and right. again, like 25 some plus years later, yeah. But yes, it, it, he becomes a, a a unlikable character at this point. And even once we get mm-hmm. the book split to X uh, X Factor, because when Gene comes back, it doesn't make him any more likable. It just right. put him in nope. a position where he could avoid all that other stuff so he could yeah. be the leader of X Factor. And he's all like, this everybody, uh, hey, uh, can you guys not tell Gene about Madeline? You know, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gets even like yeah. creepier. They, they did him no favors. Those writers did him no favors through all these years because they just, whatever they needed to get him back in the X-Men or X-Factor is what they did, and they just made him a complete dick. The yeah, and what, they also, and what they also did is that they made the character so unlikable that people yeah. don't care about the character, and so you could take him into a place where he could kill Xavier and, you know, turn into yeah. a, a, yeah. a Magneto, you know, times 10 himself, and he made the character so unlikable that you literally had to bring in the one from 1963 that people would actually maybe care about. But I think they, they hate the character so much it doesn't even matter. So it wasn't a good look for Cyclops. I mean, he's so standoffish in every scene. If you look at every panel, he's standoffish from everything and everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's everybody. Not, I mean, it's purpose, purposeful. And, yeah, the art in this is awful. Um, I would like to also <laughs> point out that in addition to the other spectacular characteristics of Colossus's uniform, he's carried over the disappearing blue pants to, these uniform, to this new uniform as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his blue pants on when he's in human form that disappear unless they get burned off of course yeah yes. now, they don't, now they don't actually name drop the name of the baby in this book if I'm not mistaken I don't think they ever um, call him Nate or Nathan or anything like know. that I don't think it's in this one you just see the baby but they never actually name drop the baby um, um, I mean I read it and I think I remember okay. reading it back in the day, and I was like, they never said it was like, you know, whatever the baby's name is. Um, right. I mean, it's obviously purposeful for, you know, being able to use it for later, but you kind of think about it later on, and like, oh, well, it would have been nice if they would have said it. Like, oh, that, that's the first appearance of Cable, or that was the first appearance of Nathan, or whatever. Um, right. Anyway. Um, yeah, so the book just goes on. Uh, Madeline is still being checked upon by everybody but her husband. He's, again, completely detached. <laughs> but Brother Beaver said he's, like, completely <laughs> out there. Like, uh-oh. Like somebody needs a mammy. <laughs> <laughs> I can provide references if you ask me about my mammy. Because I'm quite good. Yeah, I'm quite good. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I will love on your little white baby as you guys <laughs> trace across the universe <laughs> fighting crime or freaking whatever the hell you do. I don't have superpowers, but I am a super mammy, so... Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> that is awful. But, um, 
uh, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's really, uh, the book culminates on these two basically saying, you know, Cyclops wants to get the, back to what's normal for him, which is leading the X-Men. Xavier's not here. I should be taking his place. Why is Magneto yeah. in my place? I should be the one that's leading the team if Magneto's doing this. Storm is like, I'm back. I was the leader of the team before I lost my powers. Somebody needs to be able to lead this team. We're going to have a fight and a duel to have this battle, and who's going to lead the team? And uh, everybody agrees to it. You know, they're really taking, you know, freaking side lots like Jesus's tunic over there on bets on who they think is going to win this thing, you know, in the, in the past. Because, you know, if we think back to when we really started this, if you think back to, like, the Proteus saga, you know, Cyclops was able to take out the entire X-Men on his own. You know, yeah. he yeah. because of his, you know, his skill, his ability, his cleverness, his whatever, and that was, you know, barely using his powers. In this one, he's able to use his powers, but because I think he's just so distracted, and Storm is, you know, awesome yeah. or whatever, he's mm-hmm. not able to do anything. I mean, it, Her, it, you know, he Her he gets ski shoot skin some brown sugar, and if you all of Storm's close-up shots, she is a straight-up member of the Serpent Society. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. in this sequence where they're like up in her old room, like there's some very Paul Smith-esque renderings of Cyclops. I don't know. I yeah, mean, as bad as the art is in some spots, he's like, well, let me just copy this Paul Smith version over here. Yeah, <laughs> then you get, and, and then I guess Ramita Junior's just tired, you know, from doing the double. Well, he just threw shoot. eighty yeah. pages of garbage. In X Men Two Hundred, yeah. <laughs> you kind of imagine that he was like, you know, you want me to do all of that? God damn, Chris, he was on the Here's what actually happened. He was like, hey, we need you to draw a storm beating Cyclops' ass. He's like, no, you got to get some. <laughs> I ain't drawing nobody else do that. Yeah. Like, oh, you need to go get Rick Leonardi or Donatello or one of them other ninja people to get up there and go. Because I ain't drawing that bullshit. No fucking way. Yeah. I was going to keep it real. Yeah, that's what it was. He's like, I'm going to be off this shit ass book in six months. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's drawing uh, Claremont's next limited series. I don't have to do <laughs> Yeah, that came, uh, he really made the rounds anyway. I mean, he was on so many different books. He was, he was probably like, yeah, tag me out, man. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. So, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. So we get to the battle, uh, <laughs> and that's really the the, the the biggest part of this. Um, and there's, again, there's a B-plot with Binary and the Star Jammers that they were really trying to force on you. But um, I think that was it, just to say, yeah, Charles is better, but the ship's fucked up, so we can't go back. I think that was yeah. just perpetuating the Charles is gone story. Yeah, and nobody. And they also they also had the stereotypical soccer or softball game. Yeah, yeah, they they use that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, and even still, because it was a part of that. Even still, the, yeah, the, the the new books that just came out, they did the same thing. Baseball yeah. game. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't get through this freaking all this love story with Charles and Lalandra. I mean, no, 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 yeah, nobody can. I mean, just, I mean, it's yeah, who was that 10 pages, of, by the way. Like, who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who was paying attention to that? Like, yeah. There's got to be some bald, aging teachers out there that are X-Men. <laughs> Let's give them a storyline they can relate to. <laughs> We've got the teenage girls covered. We've got the Canadians covered. 
There's yeah. going to be some bald teachers out there that just want to have yeah. their story told. Yeah. They're <laughs> fantasizing about some intergalactic romance. Yeah. It, it, wow. it does. It does read weird 30-plus years later. Um, yeah. Not as weird as Rogue playing baseball in a bikini top and Wolverine staring at Kitty's ass on the airplane. Yeah. When also Kitty, them staring at Kitty's ass while she bends over the pitch and freaking, uh, also freaking, uh, Cannonball borrowed Cyclops' freaking booty shorts for him to wear as well. I mean, it's, you know, (laughs) there are some moments they're just like, hey, man, what are you doing here? Uh, but yeah, there's the softball game and Ronald Reagan. Well, this is weird because this was '85, right? Yeah, at least yeah. Also, he, yeah, he was still trying to make political time. statements with his shirt this week. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. So yeah, it's. Um, hold on, I'm just trying to get to the fight. And my app is taking forever. It's actually, the fight is remarkably short. It's yeah. Uh, well, yeah. they just spent ten pages on freaking on the on the Star Jammer. Yeah, you know, true. I mean, mm-hmm. so, yeah, look, and Storm has gained uh, this ability to fight, um, yeah. you know, from her time, you know, her <laughs> hand-to-hand non-power skills have been honed from many Morlock battles, apparently, um, because, you know, since that time, she's become quite skilled in hand-to-hand combat, and Wolverine, remember, her was training and working with her as well after she had lost her power before she dipped, so... She's able to, you know, take him out, you know, relatively quickly, and we get to the, the battle in and of itself again in the danger room. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people, especially like kind of black, especially black female nerds, look to this moment as like kind of, you know, when Storm really became Storm. You know, even though she doesn't have her powers here, her taking control of the X Men in this sense and in this, you know, this battle, you know, people look at this as a, it's a huge moment for Storm. To be honest with you, looking about it in 1985, I was like, well, shit, why can't Cyclops be the leader of the X-Men? Because that's just kind of how I felt at 14 years old. You know, like, it was just kind of not weird that Storm was the the leader of the X-Men. It was just weird that, like, she beat Cyclops without his powers and took the leadership of the X-Men. I was like, I didn't understand, like, oh, that's probably a really huge moment. Like, I just was like, well, damn. Because I liked Cyclops back then, too. This is just this is Jeff Jarrett dropping the Intercontinental title to China on his way China. to WCW. <laughs> That's all this is. He just got he got a big contract from Atlanta. He's headed yep. over to WCW. Yeah, he had to drop the belt before he went, and Vince yep. McMahon had to make a statement. That's yep, all this did. is. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my question yeah. is like, how did she know that taking off his visor would be like a victory move? Like. Has he ever mentioned that he can't control his powers, or that, <laughs> that he's? <laughs> I mean, well, what did she, what know? Do you, like, did she, did she read his mind to know that, like, his greatest fear is not being able to control his powers? He's never mentioned that. I mean, <laughs> well, luckily for her, after she takes it off, he remembers that he can't do it and lets everybody know. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's right. like they just copy and paste that same paragraph. Like every ten, you know, episodes or whatever, he loses his glasses. And he has to he has to make the statement. Cyclops cannot control his powers. Well, yeah, use of his Look at his pose. Look, he's like on his knees, like head in hands. Like that's how I feel reading this right now. Like, oh, oh 
like, yeah, it, it's not a he's good. Like, he's like, it sucks. I just lost my job. My dad's dead. Now I got to go back to this kid that I already made very clear I do not love, and my wife is pissed off at me. That's looking, like that's what he's walking away right now. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> every aspect of his life right there. He's like, God. Yeah. I, like one of those, is, I don't believe it. I'm dreaming yeah. this happened. Yeah. <laughs> this is one oh, of those married man. moments where you're in a married relationship where something as bad has happened and you got to go home and tell him. It's like, I swear, if I fucking drive this car in a ditch, it might be better than going to the house right now. <laughs> 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 if I just run this car into this pole, what could be worse? Yeah. Uh, and that is where, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, but he does have that look, and you, you did just quote it. He's like, I don't believe it. I'm dreaming. <laughs> this isn't happening. I lost. And he, the, the other line they cut out, like, it's to a necklace. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So it, it, you know they, they cut that was in the uh, the unrated edition. Um, we didn't bring this up, but in two hundred, like there was like this, or no, I guess it was maybe in one ninety nine. The setup, they were like everybody was like calling everybody a Jewess. I'm like, I didn't. Yeah. Did they they propagate that like it's Latina or something? I didn't know that that I, like I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and that was in 200, where there was a person in the in yeah, the gallery that, was, that called Gabriel Heller a Jewess. And it was like, I guess the French really hate the Jews because, mm. um, damn. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, not good. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, and then, oh, come on, don't be apping me out now. Yeah, so there's a final moment here, too, where uh, – Rachel has her moment with her mother's uh, crystal that she they that the Shiar gave. Yeah, sorry, we had to kill your mama. Here's her essence and shit. Um, <laughs> her, her, her essence, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We could have let her live, but fuck that. Here, take this oh, fucking snow globe of her essence. Um, and then she yeah, bombed, and so, by the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then she um, and then she and the, yeah, that this is where she leaves too, right? This is where. Uh, Rachel no. departs as well. No, not no, yet. No. Not yet. No. Not yet. That uh, that's when she fights Celine. Um, which okay. is, I forget what issue number it is, but it's coming. I, okay. I think that was in the past. I don't know oh, unless she fights her again. As I okay. recall, she tries she to kill like her. Like goes berserk and Wolverine. Uh, that's yeah, exactly. That's the yeah. That's when she she goes to kill her basically. Okay. And Wolverine literally stabs the shit out of her. <laughs> and we don't see her for like twelve oh, years. She poops herself. She poops herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and said they, early, they, so I'm yeah. <laughs> well, and then they put uh, the watcher in there, and you know we could we didn't have our guardians conversation, but maybe to do it some other time. But uh, yeah, and and then that's it. I mean, basically the issue is, hey, Storm's leader of the X Men, Cyclops is completely butt hurt and has to go spend time with a family that he doesn't want. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's it. Again, two issues. I don't really hate them. You know, I mean, the 200 is a bore. 201 is, is such a big moment. And, like, I, I dig it a little bit more. Uh, I didn't look at the cover for 202. I look at the chapter. It says, to slay the beyonder. So that's obviously getting into Secret yeah. Wars 2, uh, which we will not two. be talking about. Um, Thank you. Ever. Good Lord. Thank you, terrible. Lord. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 202 is Sentinels, but I don't know what it's about. It says to slay the Beyonder is the next title for two oh two. I think, that's what it says I at the end of two oh one. 
I think this is the one where Rachel was going to kill the Beyonder. It's another it's another not so good episode. <laughs> Let's just put it Shocking. Alright. Okay, so yeah, does that add up the X Men <laughs> version of the podcast? Go ahead. Croc croc at the Beyonder. Funny <laughs> 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 the Beyonder yeah. Crockett. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. But okay. So yeah, that ended that the X Men part, and as we transition to, we try to transition sometimes into current comic book whatever. Uh, this was probably talked about when it happened initially, probably six months ago, where they did this whole story in Captain America when he came back, not Sam Wilson, obviously, um, where Steve Rogers came back and he was a. It was revealed that he was a Hydra agent, and people lost their shit. Um, uh, people lost their shit, and we talked about it on the podcast as well. It was like, man, you know, I don't really know what they're doing here. And since we don't read, you know, fully a lot of modern comics, uh, Sandman probably reads more than uh, Brother Beavis and I, that <laughs> it was just kind of like one of those things that the, you're lucky you, it was just one of those things that, you know, seemed like, you know, uh, a hot shot from Marvel that they were just, you know, it, it, it cheap yeah. heat. You know, for people to get, like, angry about the books. And it worked. You know, people were really upset about it. And so it was, the setup for that is this new, of course, because it's Marvel, uh, a new crossover event event uh, called Secret Empire, uh, which is supposed to set up another relaunch of books here in the fall where they're going back to sort of the original characters or they're going to focus more on the new characters. I don't really know. To be perfectly honest with you, and at whatever ninety nine a book, it, it doesn't really even come close to registering for me. But I'm gonna try to like brother Beavis. You'll probably be able to fill in the gaps better than I will. And I know Sammy, you read a little bit of this too. But mm-hmm. essentially, um, when Captain America, uh, there was something with a cosmic cube, and when the cosmic cube was split into the the Kobics, and Kobix was a character, and they took that Captain America, and Kobix, when he was with Eric Selvig, um, mm-hmm. he was Eric Selvig's kid, but then he made Captain America into this Hydra agent, and they changed everything about him and made him think that he had been Hydra all this time, and now that Captain America thinks that he's Hydra, and he has gone, and um, because he's a secret, was a sleeper Hydra agent, he's gone to do this plan to take over the world or earth for sure for Hydra. Yeah. And he creates a plot where, you know, he's taken over, um, uh, shield and he's gotten everybody to trust him. He takes over shield. Um, the United States grants emergency access powers to him to be able to make decisions. And, you know, a lot of like the Avengers and the ultimates, like all those people, they wind up getting, they're fighting the made up, Shatari or whatever out in space on an attack that they're coming to Earth. He traps all those people outside Earth because they put a big, you know, build that wall around the Earth. <laughs> so they're all, they're all, they're all trapped in space. Now we got heroes on Earth that are like, uh, like the New York based ground heroes, and then there's a resistant group of heroes that are trying Basically to fight against Hydra. But Hydra has taken over right. like everything. They've taken over like the schools, the government. Like, everything is essentially run by Hydra. I mean, I just really recapped freaking 75 pages of comic books in two and a half minutes. Um, did I miss anything, Brother Beavis? Um, 
Well, the the so I would say that there's there's a couple events they try and play up. One is like Rick Jones is captive, and yeah. the the big the big thing at the end of issue one is uh, Rick Jones is ordered to be killed, and then there's an attack on Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas. Yeah, 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 Vegas. Vegas. There's yeah, they're literally, and, yeah, doing, they're literally doing like a scorched earth campaign in Vegas, destroying so, the entire city. And, yeah. In issue two, then they start to like pull that back and be like, well, Cap couldn't order it, but he didn't say don't do it. And so mm-hmm. they sort of like try and buy that back. And then actually somewhat interesting, I think, they uh, so they now they connect us back to Civil War two, and mm-hmm. Miles Morales, like so there's an argument about Black Widow just is like, uh, yeah, we need to go kill Cap. And everybody, yeah. uh, everyone else is like, no, we need to get the cube and go through this ridiculous yeah. plot line and then we can get yeah. the real Cap back. And she's yeah. just like, stop it. We need to kill Cap. And so mm-hmm. Miles Morales follows her and he's like, hey, I had this vision. I'm the one that's going to kill Cap. And since the champions are all down there with him. So that was the, the other plot points. But the the one thing I saw, and this started to turn me like in favor, like not in favor, but away from against to this story was I think this <laughs> not the, in favor, uh, away from right. against, away from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a strong medium. <laughs> it stopped me from hating it, but it didn't make me like it. Is it is not that when this first sort of surfaced, there was the sort of implication that like Cap had been the sleeper agent all along, with the implication that every story you've ever read, like even Secret Wars, right, in our classic Bullshit. podcast series, was all yeah. undone. Uh, but th- what I took from the intro of, of Secret Empire Zero is really was like there was some alternate reality where that actually did play out, and what they did, what Hydra did, was shunt him into the primary universe. And so at that point, it picks up from there. So they didn't really take a shit on everything we've loved. They've just brought it to this point. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a what-if thing, yeah. Kind of. Well, and then, I mean, we'll get to the, the ending of the third book here in a second. But I, th- I think a, a couple of modern comic things here. One, uh, these were um, lengthy books. Like if I think about the Secret Wars 3, where I could read those books in about three and a half minutes, like I had to really work to get through these books because of the, yeah, it, it was dense in dialogue of trying to explain anything since they don't use plot boxes. I was like, oh, okay. And then there's multiple stories going around, too, between the New York heroes, you know, and the defenders and, the, the, you know, it all there's a lot going on there, too. So in the sense that, I'm like, wow, that's a good modern comic where it's actually giving you something that has some substance to it. Two, the other modern comic thing, and, you know, and we might get to this depending on where we get to the end of time here. Two, the blending of trying to blend, like, the Marvel TV movie stuff into the comics, which I don't really care for. Like, I don't need the yeah. books to match the movies. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. need an yeah. attack by the Shatari. Like, I don't need that yeah. because you're yeah. doing something that was from the Avengers. I don't need the, de- the Defenders to be together with, you know, Jessica Jones and mm-hmm. Iron Man Luke and, Cage, and Iron Luke Cage or whatever. Like, I don't need to yeah. see that together. You, you're just trying to blend that together those worlds together and they don't need to be blended together like they don't yeah. they could be yeah, completely wanna, separate of that and yeah, they want to the basis of yeah. things yeah. yeah and so and then that's a marvel thing too i mean and freaking archie's doing it too but that's a whole other concept conversation and podcast but like i i don't like that part 
just leave the yeah. books for the books. You know, you're able to tell these widely popular stories with people dressed up like freaking, you know, children, essentially, in costumes. And people will read that because if it's an entertaining story, you don't have to make it so, you know, closely realistic to the movies to make other people care about it. Because trust me, somebody that really likes the Avengers movie or Age of Ultron or any of these movies, they're not walking out of there and like, you know what, I'm going to go buy that fucking comic book. They're not doing it. They don't care. They don't care. They like the movies, and and that's okay right. for them too, you know. Right. So I mean, so reading this, I was just like, okay, they're gonna have to explain something because they're not gonna be able to. And and the Twitter streets and Sam, man, you can attest to this. The Twitter streets has been hot about this whole thing. I mean, the, the writer Nick Spencer has been getting. I mean, I would say hate mail, hate tweets. Yeah, all the I mean, people. Yeah. Yes, I mean, people have really. I mean, you see people burning the books like on yeah. online and stuff. I mean, just an absolute ridiculousness yeah. because of what they did to Captain America, and yeah. it is it, you know, I mean, which is ridiculous and that stuff because these are all fictional characters, and I, I just I'm getting to the end part here, you know, and again, we're spoiling it or whatever, so if you haven't read it, screw you. You know, when you get to the end of the third issue, um, you know, we get Steve Rogers back. So yeah. now we have Captain America, whoever this person is that's trying to take over the world, who is also conflicted about taking over the world, and then mm -hmm. you have the reintroduction of the character Steve Rogers at the end of issue three. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, it's no. pretty clearly from like 1945, like yeah, like the war, yeah. yeah. And so now, and again, they set up a great plot. One, people that were freaking out, and was like, "Well, what the hell? Who's this dude?" You know, about Hydra Cap. Now it's the potential of it was somebody else, or it's a clone, or it's a whatever. You know, who knows? I don't. And, you know, and now it becomes, you know, what do you care, Brother Beavis? <laughs> it's like, is this something like, well, you know, do I have to read this because we might talk about it on this podcast, or this is going to something I set up for appointment reading? Oh, actually, I got a text today, yesterday, that said you, the, the podcast is going to be Secret Empire Zero, one through three. I was like, God damn it, that's another four ninety nine. I got it. <laughs> um. <laughs> the issue I have is like it's so very clearly like an Elseworlds what if title that's going to be completely zapped back to normal at the end. Yeah. Like so the the only way they do these crossovers there's these world changing stories where the entire existence is threatened except mm -hmm. it's not really. And it's just to like toggle you know, some person from dead to life and life to death. You got you know AI Tony Stark and. The fake oh. cap and uh, yeah. you know Winter Soldier cap and Falcon cap and yeah. female Thor. It's just it's so like shock oriented and it's mm -hmm. so obviously like it's like they can't sell they cannot tell a story without raising the stakes. And this is a criticism of the, the cinematic universe as well. Like you right. can't tell a story that doesn't involve the world ending. Come on, it doesn't always have to be that. There's there's other stories that, that to tell. So no. I, yeah. I'm only reading this, and, I, and I'm hoping that we get to the point where we're... I, I'm really hoping we don't go to issue 10 on this, because that's... No, I, no, yeah, we're not going to be spending... And again, I'm screening them myself. Um, we're not going to get to the point where we're talking about Secret Empire, uh, probably beyond this paragraph, or this podcast, or until it's over. I'm like, hey, yeah, well, this happened, and then this was the end, and then that's it. And, it, you know, and that's it. Because the same thing that you're saying, none of this is going to become canon, 
in the sense that, like, okay, something's happening here, and this is going to be permanent, and it's going to stay, and this person's going to stay dead, or this person's going to be, none of that's going to happen. My initial thought from reading this was, like, this was using to be to set up their, their new universe, their new Marvel Now, Marvel Wow, Marvel whatever the hell it's going to be, is that so they're trying to get the heroes back you know, to, you know, what people are used to. So you're going to take away female Thor, probably take away Iron Heart, you know, to, you know, to get you back to your, you know, a, you know, your white hero. Right. Right. And again, being somebody who's, you know, been doing this for a while and is worldly enough to understand, fuck, nigga, I knew that was going to happen anyway. You weren't going to have all these people floating around. But two, um, and I'm saying this in a sense that it, maybe that's a good thing. Uh, because the, the the idea of having two Captain Americas, two Iron Man, two Thors, or whatever, it one it puts a stress on the people that want to buy the books because I, I have to buy or I'm either forced to pick one or I have to buy two books at four ninety nine a piece. But yeah. two, like it, you got too many damn books. Like I mean, Marvel's DC is a little bit better. Marvel is a thousand times worse. It, they got so many freaking books. Like, it's no wonder you can't sell any books because you're forcing people to make decisions on if they want to read it or not. It's like, you know, where I could buy, you know, a cup of, you know, coffee at whatever at Starbucks. I'm gonna enjoy that Starbucks coffee probably more than I'm gonna enjoy this comic book at this time. So, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's yeah, you go to the new the new comic books wall is ridiculous. Yeah, the new comic book wall at my at my store. I mean, if you think about it, like if there's 20 books that come out a week. And they're three dollars each. I mean, they're they're sixty dollars. I mean, they're they're asking you know your two hundred forty dollar habit. Yeah, and when you throw in all these, you know, you throw in these special editions. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, I'd rather I you know I'd rather than go there and see this daunting thing of like there's eighty to a hundred new books a month that I can't afford and I can't even sort through to decide what I want. It's a lot easier to just not get anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll I'll listen to somebody's podcast that talks about it or I will maybe wait for a trade paperback or mm-hmm. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not gonna yeah. go there every single week and have you just I mean, essentially you know, we've all been there before. It's like shit, well I came here to get this one book. Well, fuck this looks interesting. Well shit, mm-hmm. fuck god damn it. Thirty five dollars. Came in here to yeah. get one book. Like sending me to Target, like I can't just walk out with one thing, you know. So yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's just like I can't see how this works out in the sense that you're going to keep charging people that money, maximum money for books, and expecting me to buy Secret Empire one, two, and three, but then to tie into this book, to tie into that book, to tie like it's just not possible. Like I don't yeah, see who insane. these people are that have this magical disposable income to be able to buy all these books. So. Yeah. There's the problem, I think, in, in where it lies for Marvel. So, if the, if the, if the purpose of Secret Empire is to to, to do Control Alt Delete for a hard reset, where you're gonna have, you know, I mean, they're not gonna get Miles Mor- get rid of Miles Morales because the character's too popular. But yeah. if you're gonna get it down to, you know, hey, we got Thor, we got Captain America, we got Iron Man. No, I'm sorry, we don't have Reed Williams anymore. She could be at a team book, but she don't have a solo. You know, we don't have a Watts book. We don't have a, you know, like all these other indie titles. They just, they just did a reboot. They just did yeah, I know. Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, and I, I know. I, I know. And it, it's frustrating for me as somebody who wants to enjoy comic books, who has a history with comic books, who can go into a store and still be like, I have no idea what's going yeah. on here. 
And, and, God, and God forbid, like, X-Men Blue Gold, for example, which I've been buying and breeding and, and not begrudgingly. God forbid I get into that, and then it gets undone by the next crossover. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or the or the third creative team, or the whatever that you know, like I'm enjoying this book. I like the right. artist. I like the, the you know everything about it. Yeah, you know they only signed on for six issues, and then we got freaking uh, yeah. Paul fucking Roma, whoever just did issue two hundred one over here. That freaking just like uh, I'm not trying to see. No, never find out people. what happened to Prestige. And you mentioned Secret Wars, and so this will segue to our other thing. So, yeah, so Secret Empire for us is just something that Marvel's doing. It's not like I'm going to be – it wasn't so – I was like, damn, that's messed up with Cap. All right, well, what else is on TV? Uh, it wasn't something that I was like, I can't – I don't think I have the emotional investment at this point in time in my life to care about what happens to that fictional character. It's a story. They're going to tell it. You look, and I know at some point in time he's going to be Captain America again. It's not like they're going to get rid of it forever because it's Captain America. So we're good. Um, but as a part of that, you had mentioned Secret Wars 3. You know, as a part of that, when that ended, uh, essentially Black Panther was the really the head of the Marvel Universe at the time. And this was probably in or around the time where they were like, hey, he's going to get a movie at some point, and probably, you know, a year plus before they even thought about doing, or Civil War was to come out or whatever, so people weren't so on, you know, Black Panther's not so hard. But at the end of Secret Wars 3, he was, like, you know, he's, you know, holder of the Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's that dude. And so he gets the book, the the Black Panther book, uh, written by ta Coates, and, you know, he starts to get that push or whatever. And then as a part of that, from the Black Panther push, there became, like, there was the book The World of Wakanda that came out of it that was written, by, I think, by Roxanne Gay. And uh, and then this other book, Black <laughs> Panther and the Crew. Yeah. Yeah, and she is gay, by the way. And it was um, and written by, Ta-Nehisi Coates was written as Black Panther and the Crew, which came out of the, uh, now out of the, the Black Panther book, which was, like, Luke Cage, Storm, Black Panther, and was it Blue Marvel or somebody? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. So, and that got canceled, uh, right? Yeah, it did after two issues. Black Panther <laughs> 2 gets canceled after two issues. World of Wakanda got canceled after two issues. Well, and there's so many onion layers here for this conversation, but because um, World of Wakanda got axed too, um, and it, I don't think it got that far, and then. You know, and I don't know how much, uh, Sam, and how much of uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates' uh, Black Panther did you read, or if any of it? Uh, not very much. Uh, I'm just now actually starting to get into it more, because um, not only you guys, but uh, the Black Nerd Power, they swear by Ta-Nehisi Coates, okay. so I am getting okay. into it, but just now starting. Yeah. It's probably on, like, issue 13 or 14. I read the first six. I, I thought, uh, to be uh, perfectly honest with you, I kind of thought it was Basura. Absolute garbage. And only you didn't, even, that, you didn't even you didn't even ask me if I've read it. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's elected. Damn, it's not even Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> I have I'm it. sorry, brother. I actually it's, Did you? I have it. I have the graphic novel, or I have the trade paperback in the house, but I have not yet read it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. I wish you would have asked, but I, I would have liked to have been asked <laughs> if I read yeah. it. No. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I wish you would have asked me before you made that purchase. 
Because I would have told you not to do it. <laughs> no. um, and again, and before I run it down completely, let me just say, more than anything, it's just, you know, Tom Asikos is a great writer or whatever, but he's never written a comic book before, before this one. And people tell me that, like, it got better after the time that I, after I dumped it. But I, I, I ain't got time. Hey, who ain't got time for that? I, I got through six issues, man. I gave it a pretty good run. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not there because, you know, it's really just like a political strife story, like in Wakanda. Like, I mean, it's, you know, and after Secret Wars, I was like, you know, Black Panther is supposed to be the most powerful person on the world. I want to see him be like Black Panther, not like this right. troubled king of Wakanda who's going through all these woes and miseries. Like, I got enough drama in my own life. I don't need to be reading that in Black Panther. And so <laughs> I get my Black Panther out of the Ultimates. Like, the Ultimates is the Black Panther that I want to see. Like, the smart, fighting dude, you know, from Wakanda. And so, like, that right. book is just didn't do much for me. And so when you take Black Panther and the crew written by the same writer, I was like, I ain't touching that. There's no way I'm going to read that. <laughs> so well, the fact well, that it got me, and I'm, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm black. I ain't reading it. And so when the book debuted, it debuted at, like, I don't know, 57 out of 100. And then I think Marvel Ooh. just got nervous because, like, well, if that's your best, they're not going to do whatever. And so they got the two issues, and they bailed on it. So, you know, wow. saying black Twitter in an uproar. And, like, oh, you know, people, you know, they didn't promote the book, which is not true. There was things all over the place. Well, that what did, did black Twitter read the comic? Did black Twitter no, read that, that, the comic the issue. book? No, they didn't. <laughs> so no, they didn't. Black Twitter you know they the fuck up that. No, yeah. <laughs> all these things are driven by money. If you don't buy the yeah. fucking book, they're not going to continue. Oh, exactly. And it's like, it's bottom like line. Want diverse, yeah, you want diverse characters, you want this, but people don't buy yeah, the but book. but then you don't want to support them, yeah. So. Right, and, but there's also, too, there's 35 books in my pool box at $4 a piece. Mm, and I afford to yeah. add another book, you know. Ooh. And, I mean, we've yeah. all been there because we've been invested. We've all collected and bought and have stacks of books that are fucking garbage, but we just kept yeah. buying it because, yep. well, I don't yeah. know, it might sound good. It's a, it's, it is drugs. It's, yeah, continuity and, and, yeah. and a, a hit. You're like, man, I've got all these freaking stupid Wolverine books in here. Eventually, it's going to get good, right? Oh, that cover's so shiny. <laughs> i got to get that shit. <laughs> exactly. Oh, i got a exactly. golden boss. Fucking, oh, i got to have that yeah, yeah, so yeah. They got me for years doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all do. So it's like, man, I'm gonna add another book to this, you know. And again, you know, you put some black characters in the book. You will a writer who, again, in my humble opinion, and I'm not a writer, obviously, it's not somebody that's a a quality comic book writer. That was just me be buying the book because of people in it is black. I ain't got money for that, and I ain't got time for it. So yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that the the core audience might be rejecting it might be because it's really, the core audience doesn't even really want it. So why are you putting another book out there that people don't even want? Uh, it's just, <laughs> the layers, there's just layers. And so I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm just real kind of curious as to how, like, these kind of things play out over, over time or whatever. So, yeah, I'm, I am curious about how Secret Empire is going to set up their new relaunch. That's basically it. You know, and what what's going to come out of that in terms of what characters are going to get pushed or whatever? Because, in my right. opinion, because they want to tie everything to the movies, Black Panther's probably going to get another push coming out of this because they'll have a movie coming out six months after that after the after it restarts. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel yeah. 
who's got a pretty good push that already when Civil War yeah. two, she will yeah. probably come out of this as well with something that's going to be mm-hmm. pushing her towards that thing. Thor, who has a movie coming out two or three months after that, is probably going to get pushed, you know, to, towards the forefront because of Ragnarok that comes out in November or whatever. You see what I mean? Yeah. Like they're yeah. they're just going to tie it to characters that you are familiar with because of the movies, and I don't really yep. think that they care that much about the the comic book product. All right, the, uh, that's it. Yep. All right, that's my soapbox. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Your lawn is clear yeah. of whippersnappers. Yeah, it is <laughs> right now. Well, we haven't Producer. done this in like a month, so it's, it's all stored up. Uh, but yeah, Black Rage, Black Rage. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man, now, you know I have my Hooper X figure like always <laughs> with me when I go to cons and stuff. I don't know if you do that. Yeah. I do have my Hoover. You asked me for my podcasting bag. What's in your podcasting bag besides all that podcasting stuff? Is my Hooper X figure. <laughs> never go anywhere without it I, I used to have it in my office but he's holding a gun and so my wife was yeah, like yeah, yeah, you yeah, keep that in there. I was like oh. <laughs> yeah so anyway, but anyway so yeah this wraps up the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat for Brothers Comics of uh, Brothers Comics Business uh, The Sandman and I have uh, Megacon next weekend in Orlando uh, Mega yep. Convention uh Big old con in Orlando, one of the biggest ones, and the biggest one in Florida for sure. Um, that is. Don't you have the, to say it like mega con? Mega con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's how they do it on the radio. Yeah, yeah, mega con. I'm sure it's coming up. That is next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> next Thursday to Sunday or whatever. I think I said I'm mm-hmm. going. I am going to go Thursday evening because of. Uh, it's just a good time to go for media because you can snatch people, uh, right. talk to famous people before it gets busy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I am going Thursday. I'm going Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm not gonna brave it on Sunday before uh, the remnants. I've already set up interviews with uh, amazing Spider-Man writer Dan Slott uh, mm. and uh, uh, former Bat uh, Wonder Woman writer Bat Girl uh, Gail Simone. So. Got those interviews set up, which will be pretty awesome. She's pretty awesome, and he's he's a great Twitter follow, uh, Dan Slott is. So that ought to be cool. Hoping to get other people. I think I emailed y'all. I saw Chris Claremont was added to that list at some point. Yeah, he's on yeah, the list yeah. of people. Uh, I mean, that that is literally one of those, man, you just got to tell me no to my face. <laughs> I'll stand in line. And you're just going to have to be like, no, I can't do it. Because normally I get kind of nervous around this thing. You just have to flat out tell me no. Because you know, just give me five minutes, man. Just give me five minutes. I got You're going to hear what I have to say about Kitty Pride, Claremont. <laughs> <laughs> oh, They're dragging man. me. Put, security is pulling me away. Nigga, what's up with the redheads? Enough. <laughs> got a fetish? Just oh. me, I know. I got a redhead fetish. Um. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, there's a couple other people there that I'd like to talk to. Greg Capullo is there. I've been trying to stalk him a little bit, uh, artist, <laughs> most recently for Batman. Um, there's just a, there's a lot of people there. Um, I know uh, Stan Lee will be there. I have no chance to ever talk to him. And the photo opportunity for, for Stan Lee was way too expensive. Uh, there's no way that anyone <laughs> I could sign off on that. Do you think he has Billy D. Williams? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is Billy D. Williams, plus $45. Um, so it's plus forty five dollars. Um, 
So I was like, yeah, no. And uh, and I think I sent you the one. I sent it to your wife, Brother B. It was that Sam Key Jansen got added to that. I'm like, I think I did yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's happening. Unless it's Stan Lee prices. Um, <laughs> that's happening. Unless you I, might, do I would be willing to subsidize that. So if price becomes an issue, I can. Yeah. I might be able to. Yeah, I got you. Thank you. Uh, and then there was, and then the other one, which you be subsidizing as well, was uh, Eliza Duke. She was going to be. Ooh, I'm like, mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's happening too. Um, that was always a, that's yeah, that's up in that freaking uh, summer glow territory for me. I'm that like, sounds yeah. like a mega convention. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a mega con, even a mega convention. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, should be a good time. Hopefully, my son doesn't fuck up and not be able to take him. Like, I don't know if you heard that story, brother. It was that my son got a D or in math uh, right before <laughs> Star Wars Celebration. And I what? already bought his ticket. Yeah, I know. I already bought his like, ticket. He's, he's got long distance call-in airstrikes yeah. on his homework. A, 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 <laughs> you know how to D? <laughs> well, uh, homework only counts for 10% of his grade, and he went in there and got a freaking, uh, he bombed the test before the grades were due. And uh, oh, so, wow. so, so after I had already spent money on his ticket to get into Star Wars Celebration, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, uh, mm-hmm. he was not allowed to go, uh, which was devastating for him. Uh, but hopefully he learned. He's riding a low B in that freaking math class right now. So hopefully he learns. Uh, so yeah, so probably take them up on Saturday, like taking a day off on next Friday to go to the Mega Convention. Uh, that same weekend, which is Memorial Day weekend, uh, uh, Big Hutch and Female Perspective will be at MomoCon, which was last year we was with Brother Beavis at MomoCon. Uh, they'll be at MomoCon in Atlanta that same weekend, uh, so they will be there. And I think that is it. And we will have the uh, Brothers Comics podcast hopefully this weekend uh, with whoever can get on the call. And uh, I think that's about it. Uh, if you listen to any of his other podcasts, uh, Pretty Little Riverdale wrapped up with C. Talene and Sescali. Uh They did a great job with uh, the Riverdale podcast. If you want to go back and listen to that, uh, if you're a football fan, we got the Who Day Over 40 podcast which probably needs an episode coming up soon, so you'll probably hear from Big Hotch and Sandman on that. And uh, one other one, this is probably people that wouldn't listen to this, we have one other podcast in the queue, or maybe two. Well, no, not maybe, two of them. The first one, it will be, we're going to try to walk up to Game of Thrones, which starts in July. Uh, the producer will now be on this because I finally watched this show and I kind of understand what's going on, although there's way too many characters for me to figure out. I need a fucking Venn diagram <laughs> to do it. And then uh, that's one, and so that'll probably be all just about full crew for that. And then two, right. uh, we, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just saying sorry. that'll be an enjoyable podcast. Now, yeah, now that uh, everybody will be up to speed on it because, yeah, yeah it, it, it is a good show. You know, I mean, it'll piss you the hell off because I've yeah. told before, they should just call it Evil Wins and it would yeah. be uh, accurate, but yeah, that, that'll be enjoyable. <laughs> Yeah, that's it, it. It should be fun, um, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, I'm glad I can catch the references now. And then the other one, which is going to be everybody who knows, listens to this podcast, will be will be going to be live podcasting and live tweeting uh, the Bachelorette, and only because the Bachelorette is black. 
Um, we're, we're, we're being very transparent in this. <laughs> we do not watch The Bachelorette. Uh, but me and uh, C. Talene, who uh, who co-hosted the uh, Pretty Little Riverdale podcast, are going to be podcasting and live tweeting. Uh, we've called it the. Uh, there's two hashtags. It's the Bachelorette, you know, Bay Bachelorette. Oh, you bay, or, yeah, yeah, or the Black Bachelorette. Um, <laughs> oh Lord! Both hashtags for this as we freaking run the show and the people on it into the ground. Uh, it's going to be quite entertaining. Uh, my summer project is to run that show into the ground uh, for every black person that would even consider watching it. So, uh, <laughs> what is it? What you're tearing down all these these black creative projects this week? <laughs> you blew up the Black Panther. You never watched The Bachelorette before, but as soon as somebody's black on it, you got something to say about it. What what is what's going on here? We're going to watch it. We're going to actually help their ratings. I'm not gonna <laughs> not watch it. This is going to help their ratings. Yeah, this, this is hate watching at its finest. Uh, you know, because I mean, I don't. I mean, well. <laughs> drag me, boy. I'm going to drag you in the dirt, too. Look, man, your wife is white. She's the target demographic for that show. Um, that, I'm assuming Helen probably doesn't watch it, but she probably knows a bunch of people that do, and, you know, that that show wasn't made for... You know what show wasn't made for? I don't know who it was made for, but it ain't made for people that look like me, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's awful. Yeah. So I, I've been I'm reading sure up on it because... I, I've been reading. You better watch the know earlier season so you know what's going on. <laughs> it's like trying to get in the middle of a Tyler Perry series. <laughs> oh Lord, the continuity. <laughs> what does oh, the yeah. rose mean? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, oh, it's gonna be fun. Oh, so much fun. So much hate watching, mm-hmm. but yeah. So yes, yeah, so those are all kinds of upcoming events for Brothers Comics. Uh, remember, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, leave a rating, share with your friends, and whatnot. Um, I think that's about it. You can uh, check out the website at brotherscomics.com. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-S comics.com. Uh, we were pretty good updating it a few weeks ago. Oh, and then you can follow Hutch's adventures of uh, trying to get to San Diego Comic Con. He. Every every turn that he makes is making him have to go. That he thinks he's going to keep getting shut out, and he just keeps sliding down the money train. Um, you know, he got tickets, he got tickets to the event. He won the lottery for that. It was like, damn, shit, fuck, he won. And then it was like, well, you got to get a hotel for it, and he won the hotel lottery too. And so he has a room and ticket. It's like, I gotta go now. Now he's got to go. Yeah, so they have a lottery yeah, for go. airfare. That was my next question, yeah. Yeah, they do. They need it for that, too. And so we did apply for press for that. You know, I've already told him. I was like, I mean, we might get it. when You'll be able to get your ticket money back. But, I mean, dude, I can't go. I mean, because no way my wife is letting me go there by myself. I mean, they got to take everybody. That's just way too much money. So, good luck with yeah. that. Uh, I was like, maybe you can get Sanji to go and y'all can split the cost. So, I don't know. But anyway. So, yeah, so that'll be good times. So, yeah, that's it. So, we'll wrap this up. We'll try to get this on a much regular schedule here. You know, been trying to at least do it bi-weekly. Um, and so we'll try to uh, try to get back on that schedule, especially as we're getting closer to the end of the uh, 
my working schedule. So, all right. So that's about to wrap up of the Thursday night comic book chat. I am the producer of this podcast. I am signing off. Uh, Batman, go ahead, sign off. Sayonara, mutants. We will see you when we see you. <laughs> nice. All right. And Brother Beaver, go ahead and sign off. All right. I'll see you next time. All right, y'all. Take it easy. Peace. Peace.